Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. My name is Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? It's going good. Awesome. This is part two of this week's show in which we are talking about the 2015 Best Actor category. Oh, it's an exciting one. If you haven't listened to part one, it's cool. We're going to go ahead and recap our uh, the nominees and our alternates that we picked in part one. And if you didn't listen to part one, it doesn't matter because we're going to fill you in and we're going to make sure that this is the only episode you need to listen to. So don't stop. Don't stop listening. Just keep listening. Wait. It don't, sort of, it don't sort stop of sounds, believing. Don't stop. It sounds a little journey-ish. It, says, it does sound a little journey-ish. <clears throat> it also sounds like you're saying, don't ever listen to part one. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. If you want to listen to part one, go listen to part one. If not... There's if, lots of other you, fun Oscar tidbits and shit that we put in part ones, man. Yeah, I forgot. Okay, fine. Fuck it. F- keep listening to what we're doing right now, and then go listen to part one after you've done listening to part two. It's like, we kind of make this sound like a, like a tape. Like, like... When you're done, stop the tape, turn over to part one, and keep <laughs> right. going. Yeah. Continue to side B. <laughs> exactly. I don't think yeah. anybody knows what a tape is. Uh, no. no nobody just... listening right now knows what a cassette tape is. Unless you're over at Burger Records over there and you're, sure. you're buying a tape. Nobody listening to this uh, show knows what Burger Records is either. <laughs> Unless you're in Orange County and you're in Fullerton. It's a very small piece of audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The nominees for 2015's Best actor category are Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything. I got it. It's cool. We got there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's start that over. Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything. Michael Keaton, Birdman. Steve Carell for Foxcatcher. Bradley Cooper, American Sniper. And Benedict Cumberbatch, The Imitation Game. And now our alternates. The okay. two, the two, um, two guys that we selected as as alternates, uh, strong performances from each from each of them. I think very strong performances. Uh, they are David Oyelowo. Oh, 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 fuck! I hate last names, man. Oyelowo. God damn it. Oyelowo. Oh, oh, I think O. Oyelowo. You can't butcher this guy's name, I man. Know. He's starting one of the most most. You he's, know. He's so good too. I want to respect him so bad. <laughs> like, I'm just I'm fucking up his name. David Oyelowo. For Selma. God damn it. And Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Is that Gyllenhaal? It's not Gyllenhaal. I made the same joke about Maggie. No. Back-to-back <laughs> Gyllenhaals, by the way. Yes. Back-to-back episodes with, with a Gyllenhaal in it. They're a powerhouse. And if you haven't listened to our Best Supporting Actress episode where we talk about Maggie Gyllenhaal, 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 go back, go ahead and listen to that episode. Just, uh, but you know. Jake Gyllenhaal for... <clears throat> Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. yeah. Uh, where he's super creepy in a fun way. Super creepy. He he's like it's weird because he's kind of he's just sort of off putting as a person in that movie. <laughs> you know, like there's just something off about him. There's plenty of people that I've met in my life where you know you just you meet them. I'm sure you've you've met these type of people too, where you meet them and you're like, there's something kind of just weird about you. <laughs> you know, like like I kind of want to keep Every wa- time watching I go you to Starbucks for, from a distance. But I don't like. I don't really feel comfortable around you because you could just go 
in any direction, and that kind of makes me nervous. But you know yeah. those guys that are on their that are on their computers at Starbucks, but they're not really doing anything. Yeah, they're writing slash fiction. They're not really <laughs> writing anything. I like the writers. The guys that are not really writing anything. Those are the guys that are creeping me out. Oh yeah, they're just there to like people watch. They're, yeah, they're just they're just they're drinking their coffee and they're not ever really looking at their screen. They're just peering at everybody in the. Yeah, those <laughs> are the people. They're supposed to be there for a free Wi-Fi, but they're not using the Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, those are the people I think are nightcrawlers. That is, yeah, that is Jake Gyllenhaal and nightcrawlers. That guy. <laughs> All right, so should we just uh, before we actually get into rating them, let's go ahead and recap um, our modified five finger system for acting. Which is as follows. Each of our actors will be judged and given a finger by each of us. <laughs> right? We're gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're going to give them fingers. We're, we're going to give them fingers. Um, in five different subcategories that are uh, one finger for is their performance Oscar worthy. And one finger if you could see a different actor being in that role. Or if a different actor could not take over that role. If they were the only actor that could play that role, they would get a finger. If another actor could play that role, then they would not get a finger. Wow, we made that really confusing. It's really confusing. Okay, so, totally cool. We're moving on. No. <laughs> so they also get a second finger if the if there is an actor who could not do that role other than that specific actor. Exactly. Uh, a third so finger. Confusing. <laughs> a third finger would be given if we think that this is an example of that actor's best work. A fourth finger would be given if we think that the actor is believable in that role. So if we think the actor is really believable and the role is a very believable part of their role, and that's why the actor is really believable. Nailed it. I tried to make it super yeah. confusing yeah. this time. We're just going to just churn it up until it's nobody understands exactly. anything exactly. that's going on. Uh, and then the last finger would be awarded for uh, whether or not you are invested in this character's complete journey, their arc, everything. Yes, yeah, so the journey moves into an arc, and you are mostly invested in that journey for that arc of the character. For the entirety of the for film. For the entirety of the film. Yeah. Yeah. And its sequels. <laughs> so everybody got that. They, cool. They got cool. it. Yeah. Got it. Thanks, right. thanks for the affirmative, everybody that's listening. Uh, we can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and start with our winner, as per usual, uh, Mr. Eddie Redmayne for The Theory of Everything. He was playing Mr. Stephen Hawking. Yeah, I thought this was actually a blue... I, don't know. This, um, I thought it was a beautiful film. The, interestingly enough, this e entire category is... Almost everybody in this category is playing somebody who is a real person. Yeah, thanks, Al, for Every picking <laughs> a, 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 a... Not only everybody... Yeah. Every every actor is is doing a bit of a bio piece here, except for Michael Keaton, who's almost kind of doing an autobiographical. He's piece. He's doing an autobiographical piece. Um, it's just interesting, sort of the way that it, it shook out this this year. And even our alternate, um, David Oyelowo, um, he is playing a historical figure. You know, uh, the yeah. only sort of wild card here in in the bunch is Jake Gyllenhaal, who could be doing a biography. It could be based of, off of his creepy yeah. uncle. I don't know. Yeah. You know that uncle that's not really related? You just call him uncle because he was like a friend of your dad's? Okay. You know, you don't have people like that in, in your life? Not that our um, creepy film... Well, not necessarily creepy, but I'm saying like... That film things and sell them to <laughs> networks. networks yeah. I, don't have that, I don't have a Nightcrawler type of uh, uncle. No, I don't have a Nightcrawler uncle either. I'm saying that... But I do have like people that you I call... You have a creepy uncle? No, I have people that Are I call... Are they listening to the no. podcast? God damn it. <laughs> 
So Corey's Blink, creepy uncle out there. Blink if you don't want them to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This okay. is a safe space. Uh, so let's start with Eddie Redmayne, who played uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking. A young doctor, Dr. Stephen Hawking. Well, he Hawking. plays all of the Dr. Stephen Hawking's life um, yeah. into his sort of illness. And but I mean, it starts with him young beyond. before he is. So much promise. Accident. Yeah, you know. And been diagnosed. Um, a good good performance. I, I like this movie a lot. Um, I thought it was a great performance. This is this was a great movie. This was awesome. It's, it's a really good movie. This is a hard year. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier, you know, in the previous episode. But like, this year is really stacked with like really good movies and good performances and stuff. They could like, have picked any actor from this category, and I would have been okay with it. I mean, except Bradley Cooper. I don't know. That it's, <laughs> I don't know that is Bradley Cooper's best work, but. Um, it would have been. I still think it would have been okay. It, mean, it wouldn't have been. He, was, so, he still did a solid Bradley Cooper esque performance. Sure, but you know, like even <clears throat> I know we only picked two of the alternates, but like there are so many other films that had really good performances. I mean, it was no Wedding Crashers, but you know, it was, uh... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, he's. I mean, he's he's really good at Wedding Crashers as a supporting role. Like... He's no sack, you know. <laughs> Uh, so Eddie Redmayne's performance as Stephen Hawking was it Oscar worthy? I believe it was a hundred percent Oscar worthy. Absolutely. Um, Stephen Hawking too is is one of those characters. Like a lot of times when you see a biopic, um, often you don't really have a lot of reference to the real person because like the movie, the reason they're making the movie is because they want to sort of shine a light on a story that not a lot of people know or whatever. Um, so. You know, like he's playing somebody who is a like pop culture icon in, in Stephen Hawking. You know, so that that's another level. You know, that's sort of you know like when Jamie Foxx plays Ray. Um, you, you know, or um, even uh, what's his face? Uh, <laughs> I know nope, what you're gonna nope, say. No, it's coming to me. It's not Brian Cranston. <laughs> it's um, Joaquin Phoenix. Ha! When he when he did White uh, version of Ray. When he did walk, walk the line, walk and he was line. playing Johnny Cash. You know, like those are like pop culture icon type characters. So there's another level of like difficulty to play that kind of a character and really pull them off. Whereas, you know, somebody like Steve Carell playing uh, John DuPont, like nobody really knows John DuPont. Like he has a very specific. All we know is that he had a different nose yeah. than Steve Carell. I mean, he has a very specific cadence and like, you know, people who knew about the wrestling stuff knew John DuPont. Who fucking knows about wrestling? Who knows about professional wrestling? This is what I'm saying. It was a very small group that would have been not, like, he's nailing not it or not. Profes- not not quote unquote professional wrestling. Not like oh, no, 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 WWF. Like, this is or, sorry, Olympic WWE. wrestling. This is yeah. Olympic wrestling. Yeah. Who knows about Olympic wrestling other than wrestlers? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a, it's a niche, uh, you know, sort of audience. And then those who were present enough in that community. I think community there's a line in the, in the movie where they actually say nobody knows about wrestling. <laughs> it might be. I mean, that was part of the reason why he wanted to make wrestling a national sport. You know? Yeah. Like, anyway, but moving back to Eddie Redmayne, um, absolutely Oscar worthy. I think uh, it's very clear we're giving him a finger for that. Okay, would it be the same with a different actor? I personally get Benedict Cumberbatch and Eddie Redmayne. Confused? Not confused, but in these two parts, I think they could be interchangeable. <laughs> so you think either of them could have played either of those parts and it would have been fine? I think you can mix both of these guys up in these two movies and nobody would know the difference. Hmm. I don't know. You could throw Eddie Redmayne into in- Imitation Game and you could put Benedict Cumberbatch into this movie and they would, nobody would be any of the, nobody would care. I, 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 That's a t- testament to I both dis- these actors. I disagree a bit. I think that I'm hard-pressed to find 
All the Another, little Sherlock craziness out there would be like, no. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, when we get to Benedict Cumberbatch, we'll 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 get into this a little more. But I'm I'm hard pressed to think of another actor who could have pulled off all that would have needed to be pulled off to play Stephen Hawking the way that Eddie Redmayne portrayed him. With um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, there's probably some actors that could have stepped into that role and would have been perfectly serviceable. You know, um, so I'm I'm a little torn. About that, so you like think that I don't think Eddie Redmayne I don't is think a Benedict, better actor than Benedict Cumberbatch. No, I'm saying for the just specific. Just want to get that clear for all of our <laughs> all of our listeners out there. You're, you're you try, think you're trying to get me mean tweets? Yeah, <laughs> you think that Benedict Cumberbatch is not as good because you said that anybody could play what he did in Imitation Game, but not everybody could do what Eddie Redmayne did. In, in, in yeah. yeah, the theory of everything. Uh, yes, okay, that is what so I'm making saying. Sure. Though not taking uh, away again, anything from Benedict Cumberbatch. Anybody but, could play you know, what Benedict Cumberbatch did. Not anybody, but there are serviceable okay. actors who could have played that role. Okay. You know. Just, just throwing it out there. Okay. okay. All right. Well, so no half point. No point for you. Half, point. half half a finger. Sorry. Yeah, half a finger. Uh is this an example of Eddie Redmayne's best work? I think he's I think he's a young actor, so I think well, right now I think it is. At this moment, yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially considering some of his other work is Jupiter Ascending, which is terrible. <laughs> yeah, he, come on, man. You can't just leave him at no, that. No, 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 no. He's he's really good in everything else. I mean, I love him as uh, uh, What's-His-Fuck Wizard and uh, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, but... What the fuck, wizards, dude? Yeah, it's Fantastic Beasts. You're yeah, the, you're the you're obsessed with Harry Potter. I know. I just I can't think of that wizard's name right now. Fucking Snaggletooth. Nope, it's coming to me. Wait a minute. Hold. <laughs> Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Um, uh, Newt Scamander. Ha. Maybe I don't know. I'm not confident about that. Okay, if you know, if you are a better Harry Potter it's fan than that. Corey, please tweet us at switch at, envelope at switch envelope <laughs> and and tell us what the Snaggletooth wizard is the you know, what's his fuck name wizard? I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen the new one yet. I have kids. Um, I have like baby kid. <laughs> I don't get to see a lot of like new movies. I gotta wait till they. Yeah, it's gonna be in a couple of years for you. Now. Yeah, it's gonna be a while. <laughs> Which is great that you know our podcast, the movies that we talk about are like older movies because I can see those movies. <laughs> they go to sleep. I can Netflix. I can HBO Go. You know, totally a, cool. Catch aside. up on some some cinema. Just an aside, I am super excited to see Robin Hood. I don't know why. Really? I am so excited to see the new Robin Hood. It uh has terrible reviews. I know. <laughs> but it looks like the it looks like the Secret Service movie only in with horses and fucking bow and arrows. Like Kingsman. Kingsman <laughs> of Sherwood like Forest. Kingsman, Kingsman of Sherwood Forest. I love it. <laughs> it's and possible. Jamie Foxx. Looks like they took Kingsman and took out uh what's his name with the King's speech, threw him away and brought in <laughs> Jamie Foxx. I think uh, it'll probably it's probably a terrible like Colin Firth. It's like they took Colin Firth <laughs> and shot him and brought in Jamie Fox. I think it'll probably be a really fun movie as an action film, but probably really terrible like story wise. Dude, do you know how what bad reviews the original Robin Hood got? Probably. And now I look back at it and they were probably really deserving. They were right, but back yeah. then I loved it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so is this an example of Eddie Redmayne's best work? Going back to not Robin Hood, <laughs> uh, I would say yes. Okay, I would agree. Um, it's as, a really as far good as acting, yes, I think yeah. it is. Uh, are, is he believable as Stephen Hawking? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt about him being believable as Stephen Hawking. And just to jump the boat on this a little bit, uh, yeah, I invested in his character. Okay, we were we were getting there. You didn't need to jump the boat. I was about to say, were you invested in his character? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was invested. The the sort of love story that they had in there was really compelling, and um, sort of his struggle with his disease and like overcoming that, and you know, like I believed every moment. Uh, I was invested in his entire journey. Like I didn't know I cared so much about Stephen Hawking, but they made this beautiful story about his life. You know. Um, it's it's unfortunate that like later in later in life Stephen Hawking kind of gets a, accused of like uh, being real skeezy with one of his nurses, <laughs> and he you know he was kind of a kind of a douchebag to some people. But this movie paints him very beautifully and like totally invested, and most of that is because of Eddie Redmayne's performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Big Bang Theory, the sequel. Love it. <laughs> We're all gonna die, and God doesn't exist. That's the sequel to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Eddie Redmayne tallying up his score gets one, two, three, four and a half. Four and a half. That's a nice score. For, Solid score for Eddie Redmayne. He, I mean, he won, and he's pretty close to being, you know, at the tops of this list. For some reason, we don't we don't give the actors and the supporting best supporting actors and the best actors. For some reason, they don't get fives on our scale. I don't know why. It's science. Not we can't, we not can't typically. They we have had fives. Uh, Edward Norton has gotten a five. Um, Usually, it's people we suggest that get fives. I mean, maybe it's just our own I mean, egos, you know, but it's probably. usually only the people that we suggest. Well, we're better than the Oscars, so, we are. you know, take that. Yeah. Moving on to Steve Carell playing... In the entire Academy, by the way. It's not just... The, oh, yeah, the entire, the entire Academy. Academy. It's yeah. just us two are better than them. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Steve Carell, who played John DuPont in Foxcatcher. This was a... Uh, he plays a character very similar to Jake Gyllenhaal's character that we were talking about, Nightcrawler, where he's just kind of creepy he's one of those dudes it's just something off about him you know but he's rich and influential and so these people sort of latch onto him and they trust him and you know like try to make him feel like he's a normal person but there's an eccentricity to him that is just off you know the nose helps the nose helps and yeah. honestly the nose in this one doesn't bother me as much as james wood's nose in mississippi oh the prosthetics, mississippi. Yeah. The prosthetics, prosthetics are good in this one in this one are much better. Of course, it does have like a decade plus on it. <laughs> True. Maybe now, 20 years or something. I don't know. It's been a while since James Woods was in prosthetic makeup <laughs> compared to when Steve Carell was in prosthetic makeup. Now, do you believe that it's Oscar worthy? Or sorry, do you believe that Steve Carell's performance was Oscar worthy? So this is coming in a time in Steve Carell's um, you know, career where he's hitting that pinnacle of like, oh, damn, Steve Carell. You know, like moving away from the sort of anchorman <laughs> roles, and you know he's in uh, this fantastic movie called The Way Way Back, uh, where he plays an asshole dad, and uh, it's a dramatic role for him. There's like the Dan in real life, you know, all this, all these sort of roles where he's sort of expanding past. Yeah, and I didn't really like Dan in real life. I don't well, really like I'm, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, straight man. I don't really? Like that. I don't like him. No. Well, this is not. This is Steve Carell, the character actor, but not in a comedic role. You know, so he's taking all of that like skill of being a character actor and then applying it to dramatic role as opposed to the comedy that we're sort of used to um Steve Carell. Yeah, I like up. Steve Carell forty year old version. I don't don't <laughs> like Steve Carell yeah. anything else. So you were not not a fan of him in this in this role? He was okay. No, I mean he really immersed himself in this role. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's at Oscar worthy. I don't think the movie was oh. at Oscar worthy. Really? I actually I don't. But I, I actually liked um 
Channing Tatum, was, I thought it was pretty good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. Channing Tatum was a little better in this movie than Steve Carell, but yeah, but you know, Channing Tatum would have been more supporting. Supporting act, yeah. yeah. But I thought Mark Ruffalo is great in this movie too. Yeah, but Mark Ruffalo is good <clears throat> in everything. He is. <laughs> he is. He's really good, except the movies where he shows his cock because he does that in. I mean, he's so many movies. He's still pretty good in those movies. It's just you also see his penis. No, I just completely <laughs> don't. I completely disregard all those movies. I don't want to see them. I'm glad he's over that phase of his life. But yes. Sure, I I want to see Hulk cock though. Like Avengers four. What? No, no, no. it'd be great, right? Like, the <laughs> just a big green swinging dick <laughs> from the Hulk. No, you don't think that that like that is not my voice. That is the voice of Corey. Tweet me tweet at you, Switch Envelope. Hey, I guarantee there. Envelope. I guarantee there are people out there that are like, yeah, that'd be great in Avengers four. <laughs> to have a and 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 R rating on the Avengers four. <laughs> movie no no it wouldn't be erect it's just swinging you know there's a big hulk just put, that in the, just put that in the director's cut <laughs> yeah you know or uncut yeah and then have like thanos snap and then hulk just makes a comment about how it's cold <laughs> 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 all right that's your fucking trailer okay that's and a little bit of comic comic book darkness in there oh absolutely yeah um i think steve Carell is absolutely oscar worthy in, in this uh performance so half a point half point uh half a finger at least would it be the same with a different actor mm, i i don't see anybody else doing what steve Carell did in this in i think this a, i think a really good actor could do this part could immerse himself this this is a part where you if you're a really good character actor you can do this part i guess but I think I think you could i think a good character actor can do this part there there's sort of a like uh jaw-clenching like presence that Steve Carell brings to this the, the quiet watching that is so wonderfully done by Steve Carell I guess but I really think that you have to be you have to be a good character actor mm-hmm. which he is but I do believe that you need that anybody who is a good character actor I mean yeah I, I guess like a Sam Rockwell probably could have done Wait, done this role who's the dad from Brady Bunch <laughs> The movie. Oh, you're talking about uh, not Brian Cranston, um, <laughs> Gary something. Gary. He's the he's the dude from Office Space. Yes, the... he could do this part. Gary Cole. Gary Cole. Gary Cole could do this part. Yeah, Gary Cole. Yeah, fuck, he could. Yeah, all right, fuck, no points. God there damn it! Go. I really like Steve Carell in this role. <laughs> um, is it an example of Steve Carell's best work? I think it is. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, this is a powerful performance from Steve Carell. Um, a departure from even some of the other lighter drama that he has done. Uh, he really disappeared a like ton in Evan this. Evan Almighty. And, oh, God. Evan Almighty so bad. It's such a bad movie. So bad. Uh, so, yes, best work. Points, points. He gets a finger. Uh, is he believable as John DuPont? Yeah, I, he's absolutely believable. It's good. Mo- it's a good movie. Agreed, agreed. He does a good job in the movie. I walked away thinking, man, I would never want to be a wrestler. I, yeah, I felt really bad for those people having to have, like the real people having to have spent all of that time with that creepy motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, were you invested in his character all the way through? Yeah. Yeah. I was invested in the in the character and I, I, yeah, like I said, I walked away going, I walked away with the feeling of, damn, what the, f- that's actually what I walked away with. What the What the F? fuck, yeah. This is one of those movies where I immediately went to Wikipedia and then found a documentary and then had to learn during the movie. everything about John DuPont because of watching Steve Carell play him. Like, there's no fucking way that this is, this has got to be an exaggeration is what I thought, you know? Like, this has to be, like, 
Hollywood taking a spin. And there are some liberties, I guess, but for the most part, nah, this dude was just weird as fuck. And Steve Carell nails that. But I guess that's what you get from, you know, when you're in wrestling your whole life. No, but he wasn't in wrestling his whole life. That's that's the whole thing. He just sort of adopted wrestling as a thing so that he could um okay. prove his uh, mom I'll change prove it. to his mom that like I'll change it. When you're in wrestling as an adult. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna alienate a lot of adult males or adult wrestling fans. I'm not saying WWE. See I, I'm talking about wrestling oh. wrestling wrestling. Wrestling wrestling? <laughs> See, I think that way about professional wrestling. Why? WWE is like I don't know. It's just dude. for fun, man. If you're there and if you're, you're but I if was you're, a huge uh, WWE I don't know F fan like, back I don't, then, but I don't get the 35 year old dude who's like, yo, way into WWE night uh, uh, like Monday Night Raw or some Why shit. Why not, dude? It's just for fun. I guess I I don't know. It's so like melodramatic and like it's the same really? thing as like well I can't say the same thing as NASCAR but it's the same thing as not because it's not it's fixed not, it's, yeah it's, like it's not real but. I don't know. It's the same. I don't know. I can't say what it would be like, but it's it's the same thing as watching soap operas. Yeah, and for men. And to me, it's a bit of like, really, you're thirty five year old lady or man, and you're sitting home in you know midday, okay. and you're What's obsessed the with wait, 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 soap wait. operas. You're into comic books. Like there is ne- Netflix books. exists, so you don't have to watch daytime wait, soap operas. Wait. It's the same thing as a as somebody who's into reality television. It's I don't get reality television either. Okay, but it's the exact same thing. But think about being okay, a Trekkie, right? Somebody's sure. into Trek Star Trek, the show, right? Who follows all okay. the storylines and goes to all the conventions. It sure. is the same thing. Yes, people no, 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 are drawn I, to okay. it for the storylines. <laughs> I'll, I'll backtrack for, I'll backtrack a little bit. Like the fandom is valid and I understand it. The cheese factor of that kind of entertainment of reality—you have to have the cheese factor. No, no, but the reality show, uh, you know, is like train wreck television, and that's why people are drawn to it. The soap operas, the w- and now they have the girls, the professional wrestling, the girls that go along with it. That I mean, the the professional girls that go along with it. It's all, it's all. A gr- First of all, the funniest thing is I'm I'm fighting for this so much I don't even watch it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, I understand the fandom. I do. I just don't. I don't understand the appeal, you know, so like, you know, somebody who's into something, yeah, that's their thing and they're into it. Like, cool, I can understand that. I don't understand the appeal in the first place. Well, a lot is of it, guys- Is it a carryover from like, like when you were a kid, you watched them and you just kept, you just continued that journey? I think there's a lot of that, but I think a lot of guys are able to go to a show with their kids. Oh, uh, maybe. Okay, I can respect that. You know what I'm saying? I there's, can respect it's like, that. It's like, hey, me and my son can go and watch- Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's fake. It's not something like somebody. It's not like an MMA fight mm-hmm. where you someone actually can get hurt. Well, somebody actually can get hurt in professional wrestling. Too, yeah, but, but I mean, it's if that happens, it's an accident. Sure. Where in MMA fights, they actually get it, hurt. It, they have they do it on purpose. Yeah. So you can. <laughs> they actually are trying have to break each other. It's, a, it's actually something you can go. It's like family friendly, even though it's the purpose of it is not family friendly. You know, I I don't know how to, but you can do it for with as a family event, just like going to a. Bullfight or going to uh, well, see, but bullfights terrible. What no. cruelty to fucking bulls, man! Like the whole point of a bullfight is to like slowly murder a bull. Fuck that, man! I'm not like super what? PETA guy, but like bullfighting is terrible. Bull riding is what I'm talking about. Oh, bu- you said bullfighting? No, I meant bull riding. Bull riding is a, a rodeo. Is I meant less, a rodeo right. bull riding. That's less egregious, but yeah, 
I didn't mean bullfight. I didn't mean like, you know, Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that shit is fucked up. Yeah. I meant bull riding. Like, you know, the PBR thing that comes through all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that those guys are insane. <laughs> they are insane. <laughs> Though in the same way that like uh, the dudes that do like motocross are insane. And wh- the same thing. Why would you go to a motocross? You know what? It's what's just okay, fun. So, uh, all right. I'm, You're I'm into an, motocross. No, I'm not in motocross, but I'll tell you, you what. You go I, with your son. No, I don't go to motocross. I'll tell you what I am into. Fucking monster truck rallies. Okay, why? Okay, that. Okay. Wait, you'll go to a monster truck I know, rally, but you won't I know, go to I know. WWE. See, here's the thing, though. I'm not going to start a podcast about monster trucks, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not super fan for monster trucks. You realize that we are now I, talking about it. But I know, <laughs> like, when I go to those events, I'm like, yo, this is real fun because it's kind of just mindlessly stupid. You know? But, like, people treat professional wrestling as if it's this, like, great now, bit if of you entertainment. Now, if it's you had monster trucks and you had the 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 element around it of, like, oh, well, this truck is going against this one and this truck, this truck is dating this one's wife and this one and you had all that which honestly is what, which i'm is, surprised that monster truck has like monster jam hasn't gone to that well, i am so surprised it hasn't gone that's to that. what wwe did a long time ago sure so that's what you know like i said i i don't personally understand the appeal but i understand the fandom completely yeah all right so did we ever finish with uh so steve carell tallying steve up his carell. points <laughs> You're just going to edit all of that no, out. No, I am not. I'm One, leaving all two, that in. One, two, three, and a half. 3.5 for Steve Carell. All right, 3.5. Really? Yep. Damn. Moving, right. moving, moving on, on to Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. Oh, man, Bradley Cooper. Sniper Chris He is going to be the next George Clooney. Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Isn't he already? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I think he needs to do a couple more women? Movies? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what what thing to add in the Mad Lib there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he probably needs to do some more political thrillers. Yeah, he needs you to know? get a little more uh, where, edge. Where where he makes more movies that have like a real social edge to them. Yeah, I think he's almost there. Yeah, he's close. Yeah, he's close. Uh, Bradley, oh, this was the edge the other way. This is like the conservative media. Yeah, flag waving. This is a little MAGA before MAGA. Sure, yeah. um, it it is Clint Eastwood. Yeah, um, uh, he made this movie, you know, sort of uh, fr- fresh after you know talking to a chair at a at a convention, didn't he? <laughs> this wasn't that only like a few years prior to this. Um, it's it's an okay movie. I I don't know. Like this movie was just sort of like uh, kind of boring to me. I didn't really connect. Well, it wasn't an movie. action movie, and it wasn't a drama. I thought it was in between. I went into this movie hoping for more, and it let me down a little bit. Um. And I wasn't. I thought it was a lot like Hurt Locker. It's close. There, there's um, there's a similar vibe. There's a similar yeah, even but the I, ending is similar to Hurt Locker. I had more except for the very, very, very end. Oh, right. I had more connection to that story and to those characters and whatnot in in the Hurt Locker. Like the film felt just a little like more complete. The Hurt Locker, that is, as opposed to American Sniper. Like, American Sniper was just like, like, the entire time was just like, this is kind of missing something. Like, it just doesn't quite have a spark that it needs. Like, it's decent. Like, I see why this should be good, but it just isn't hitting me, you know? And um, part of that was the performances. I don't know. Like, it just sort of fell flat for me. Um, But that's not like to say that it was a bad movie. It just, I was sort of meh about the whole thing. Sort of meh. Um, including Bradley Cooper's performance, and I think he's done so much better work. But do you think it's Oscar worthy? 
No. Okay. <laughs> I just I'm, I wasn't I'll agree with you. I'll say I don't think it was Oscar worthy. So no fingers for. Okay. Bradley Cooper. Uh, There's some ladies out there crying right now. There, so there are, yeah. Um, we just lost all of our uh, conservative listeners, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, our conservative... Chris Kyle is a hero! Our conservative... Do not shit this on his memory. About, this is not about him. It is, it's about, not, but they about spin Bradley it. Cooper. That's how they'll spin it. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Okay, would it be the same with a different actor? Yes. There are so many actors. Chris Pine could have played <laughs> this all the way. Yeah, I, I think we, we Chris Evans could have played this movie all the way. John Krasinski could have played this role. John and, Krasinski and it would have been great. Great with this movie. Yeah, role. I, I think this this particular role is completely replaceable. But I I don't think that that's Bradley Cooper's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like some some of these are just like like when we get to this part of the category, some of it's like they did a good job, but they just like you know. I think he did a great solid performance. It was a solid performance, but I don't think it was Oscar worthy. And I think it was just you know it was. Bradley Cooper being Bradley Cooper. Yeah. I, and we said this before. He gained weight for this role. <laughs> yeah. And when you gain weight for a role, you don't, you get don't the win Oscar. the Oscar. You yeah. have to lose weight it's true. tremendously, just like to... Matthew McConaughey lost weight for Dallas Buyers Club. Wins an Oscar. Jared Leto for the same movie wins an Oscar. Yeah, but when Jared Leto gained, gained weight, weight f- to play uh, um, the guy. Mark David she, Chapman. Mark David Chapman, he didn't win an Oscar. No. 27 chapters or whatever the fuck. Chapter twenty seven. He didn't win the Oscar. Doesn't no, matter. It's a forgettable movie. I don't even think he was nominated. No. Um, so yeah, a different actor would be perfectly fine. No points. Is this an example of Bradley Cooper's best work? <laughs> Absolutely F- no. No. Bradley Cooper is so much better in so many other movies. Um, again, this is this was just sort of fell flat. I I kind of feel bad because he's going to get a really bad score, <laughs> judging by what we've already. Yeah, but said. remember, it is not about the movie; it's about the actor. Um, no, no, no. I'm saying I feel a little bad for Bradley Cooper because he is better than this. But uh, this particular role is not going to sit well with um, Switch of the Envelope, that's for sure. Uh, was he believable in the role? I'll give it to him. Sure, he was believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you agree, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and were you invested in his character throughout the entire thing? I was invested in the, Yeah, it was, an okay, it was an okay movie. I just didn't think it was all that great. Yeah, I, yes, took like the words right out of my mouth. I was, I was with him, but I didn't really care and then he died and I was like oh that's sad but it didn't hit me the way like a character like your main character dying should hit you you know like it was and I mean it's kind of weird tonally I I don't know yeah I mean and also he's doing yeah yeah Uh, so tallying up his points by the way you know what his uh, one movie I like the most from him is actually the movie Limitless. I mean, that terrible TV show out of it. Mm. But did you ever see Limitless? I did. Movie? Uh, it was. A, I love that movie. It was a fun, like popcorny movie. Yeah. Oh man, I love it. Yeah, he's he's good in it. I not Oscar worthy. Not you know. Like, oh no, but, I'm not talking about Oscar worthy. It's just a fun popcorn movie. But yeah, it's, I love it. It's a good. Movie. Yeah, it's good. Um, I watched that a couple times now. So going back to this role, his score is two fingers. Two fingers. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's beneath. That's beneath Miss Daisy level. I know. Damn. Wow. Damn. Ah, sorry, Bradley. I mean, he listens to our podcast. He sure. Sorry, Brad. He probably has it on in his in his. Uh... You know what? We give him a good <laughs> ribbing all the time. We're buds. We drink beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in our fantasy life, uh, Benedict. Come, you know what, Bradley? If you are listening, come on the show. Yeah, he should. And uh, you talk know, talk to me about Limitless. Try not to punch us <laughs> for what we said about American Sniper. But you're great in a that lot of other things. That would damage his hands, and he it needs would. them for all his all his. I mean, some my favorite role of his, his work. My favorite role of his is still Wet Hot American Summer. Like, by far, Bradley Cooper and Wet Hot American Summer is so great. Really? Yeah. 
I could well, watch him and the rest of that cast in that movie endlessly. I honestly, because he played he played the best friend in or best friend or the side character in so many movies. Yeah. He has so many great character. He has so many great parts in so many movies, like um, in Jim Carrey's movie. Um, what movie is that with Zoe Deschanel? Zoe Deschanel? Yes, man. No. Yes. Is man. it yes? Yes, man. He yes, plays man. the best friend in Yes, man. <laughs> so good in that. <laughs> He plays. He plays obviously in Hangover. Yeah, he's the best friend. Wedding in that. Crashers. Wedding he's Crashers. Great. He's not the best friend. He's the well. He's the, kind of the villain, but kind of yeah. Um, he has all these all these movies where he plays like the the friend. Or wait, what's the Matthew McConaughey movie where he's <clears throat> he's friends with Matthew McConaughey and he's like the with Sarah just Sarah Jessica Parker. I think Zoe Deschanel is also in that movie. Oh, I don't. It's a rom com. Yeah. Uh, it's failure, failure to launch. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's failure to launch. No. Yeah, failure to launch. Sure. Yeah, he's in failure to launch as the best friend. He's in all those movies. Yeah, he's he's strung together a really awesome career. Uh, this just as far as Oscar. I'm not sure failure to launch. No, no, no I'm saying like his career trajectory has been uh, on a very positive. Yeah. Now point. we just did a Star Is Born, which. Is he directed to Star Is Born, you know, like he's he's really <sighs> stepping yeah, into further roles even and like um, not acting roles, but like roles in the industry and like expanding his sort of, you know, creative power over, you know, his his um, the movies that he's in. I think he was a producer on this movie as, as well. Yeah, so he was. If it had won, he would have gotten an Oscar for Best Picture, which, you know, would have been cool. But um, it's sort of a meh movie. Uh, you know, so after know. all of that, what we're saying is this movie's eh. Nah, I mean, like, go watch it. It's cool. Whatever. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, but like, you know, it's fine. There are better uh, fucking Clint Eastwood directed movies that you should watch beyond American Sniper. Unforgiven. But, you know. Uh, moving on to Benedict Cumberbatch in the Imitation Game, playing Alan Turing, the guy who basically invented the fucking computer. <laughs> Okay, so we just got to go through this real quick because we know we know about Benedict. Okay, so is it Oscar worthy? Um, yeah, his role is is Oscar. It's Oscar worthy, man. It's Oscar worthy. Um, you know, he sort of spun uh, a guy who wasn't necessarily uh, a guy who had Aspergers and turned him into a guy with Aspergers, um, and then also you know put in the the sort of like having to be closetedly uh, gay and like dealing with you know like a, a contract job with the military and like also you know struggling with the fact that he thinks he's the smartest man in the room and then like having those power struggles there's a lot of different little pieces of his character um that i think benedict cumberbatch maneuvers very well um but i think that's more of a testament to the sort of good writing that's in this movie yeah i actually do think it's more of an ensemble piece i don't think it's yeah. just him yeah. but um, well, I'll but he's say great. Kira Knightley is fantastic in this movie too. I do too. I think she's really good. I don't like her hair. <laughs> well, it's it's <laughs> it's era era hair. Uh, would you uh, would it be the same with a different actor? See, this is where I do kind of think like because it's so well written and because you know of what it is an ensemble piece and all that kind of stuff. Another comp- comparable actor could have stepped into this role and Honestly, been perfectly fine. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll agree with you. I mean, we sort of talked about it with Eddie Redmayne, but I'll like, agree with you. No fingers. No fingers for Benedict. Example of his best work. I do think that this would be a gr- good example of his best work. I don't think he's done in movies, mm-hmm. not TV, because I know everybody that's listening to this is going, wait, yeah. Sherlock. But I, I think as far as his movies go, this is an example of his best work. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree. There, there's a, only a few other roles that I would say are like also his, his, his best work. There's other things where like, 
he's completely like okay in a lot of roles, you know, but he's kind of the same in his movie roles. Yeah, know? he's always playing someone who is more intelligent than everybody around him. And it bugs me. Yeah, and in this movie, he is playing somebody who is more intelligent than everybody yeah. around him. But there's other elements to his character that he explores that help build a better sort of like performance than I, you know just being like the guy who's smarter than everybody. You by know? him stretching his stretching his wings, so to speak, mm-hmm. so to speak, as an actor, I think he should play something a humbling role where he is like you know doesn't know anything, where he's so, dumb. So, like he's in Black Mass. Um, where he isn't necessarily like playing somebody who's smarter than somebody else, um, but there is a sort of like uh, morality side to his character in that movie, where he's the sort of upstanding side of Boston, and you know Johnny Depp is the low life side of Boston. But you know, um, he doesn't sort of his character doesn't necessarily hoist his uh, you know status over. In that movie, so yeah. it's a little bit of a departure, but not exactly. Um, is he believable as Alan Turing? Yeah, I think he is believable. I actually liked this movie a lot because I think that you are able to immerse yourself in the role. Mm-hmm. Not, I think he immersed himself in your in the role, so you're able to immerse yourself in what's going on. I was completely emotionally connected to to his journey, but I really did keep yeah. thinking about the damn U five seven one or U eight seven one or U U five seven one. U seven. I got it right. Woo! Yeah. Okay. With uh, with Bon Jovi, <laughs> with Matthew McConaughey, yeah. and Bon Jovi playing yeah. a very small part. Yeah. But I kept thinking about U five seven one, and I kept thinking, man, they're going to give that Enigma machine to to Matthew <laughs> McConaughey <laughs> as soon as they're done. <laughs> right. As soon as they figure that out, they're going to go give it to U five seven one, and then they're going to go out there and. Yeah, that's yeah. all I kept thinking. Uh, were you invested in his character throughout the entire yeah, movie? Yeah, as, as I just said, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that movie, I saw it twice in the theater, and both times was just like a wreck at the end of that movie when he's like um, going through the um, chemical castration and like the sort of injustice of the times that he lived in. Um, where he's just not, unable to sort of just be himself, and that that was illegal. Like, did that, you think that maybe you one day would want to go through chemical castration? No, not at all. No, it seems a little bit terrible. Just a little, you know. And then uh, Keira Knightley sort of says the line back to him that he had said to her earlier, and I just lose it every time. Yeah, it's, I'm dead inside, so I don't really lose I know, it ever. I know, but I I mean I kind of cry at the drop of a hat in a movie, but I was I was a wreck both times that I saw it. Do you cry at cry at Wizard of Oz? No, 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 just a little bit. Mm-mm. When Dorothy goes home? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. But that's mainly because I can't stand Kansas. <laughs> so, you are really hurting our <laughs> conservative viewers, huh? Actually, I, I don't have any feelings towards Kansas. That was just a joke. Okay. One, two, three, four fingers for Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah! Puts him uh, slightly over Steve Carell at this point. Uh, moving on to Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Greatest actor since Jeff Goldblum. Playing, um, you know, uh, whatever, Regan Thompson, I think is his character's name, in Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, which we'll only call it Birdman. It's fine. We'll call it Birdman. Yeah. Um, no full titles here. Sorry, Doug Loves Movies fans. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and shorten it. Uh, Michael Keaton, this is, a, this is a weird movie. Um, it's a very odd movie, but it's an odd movie that shows the path, I think, where movies are going to go. Some of the technology that movies are going to move into. Maybe. I mean, it's. I love the fact that they tried to do like a one shot movie. 
you know, um, I love the fact that the editing is near seamless. There's a couple moments where you're like, oh, clearly they've edited here. But there's also other entire sequences that when I found out they had a whole bunch of edited moments, I was like, what? They hit it so well. I'm surprised. Uh, and I sort of mentioned this, you know, uh, at the uh, part one that it didn't even get nominated for best editing. Like this movie isn't even accomplished you know, like visually without having all of those really beautiful edits that just make it feel so seamless from scene to scene and even time jumps and stuff like it feels so fluid uh, as a movie. The technical aspect of this movie um, was so impressive. And what I liked about it, the story and the performances, I didn't really connect with it all. I like Michael Keaton. I do, too. I do think that his performance is a little over the top. I think it's a little uh, like he's trying too hard. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I do. I would, in some I scenes, kind of I think I think that he is. It does feel like he's acting. It's it's a little inconsistent as a movie in general. And we understand me. the irony of a movie talking yeah. about critics and us critiquing Being critics, uh, critiquing <laughs> yeah. a movie where he talks about the crit the critic. Sure. But uh, yeah, we're gonna push past that. We're gonna push right past that <laughs> and just just embrace the irony. Of a movie where he actually attacks a critic for being a critic, and we're going to attack his critique. No, switch that, reverse it. We're going to critique <laughs> his attack. Any Willy Wonka fans know what I'm talking about? Keaton critique. Uh, cre- Keaton attacks critics for critiquing Keaton's attacks. Uh, whatever. Break um, the fourth wall there. <laughs> do you think that being said, uh, do you think I he's Oscar worthy? I think it's an Oscar worthy performance. I'm a little on the fence with this uh, because I do think it's a bit inconsistent um, because so much attention was paid to sort of like the spectacle of what they were doing as a movie uh, that they lost a bit of sort of the consistency of the performance in the story. But the fact that he's a part of it and it works so well, technically, I'm inclined to say like, yeah, anybody that's a part of that was kind of worthy of getting an Oscar because that project is so interesting from a like movie standpoint you know? yeah so yeah i'll give him a point <clears throat> awesome uh do you think a different actor could have played michael keaton's part i actually think he specifically i don't think anybody else could because i think he brought something to it nobody else could have because of what it was i think what made it so interesting was that he was batman he had he had a background yeah that he brought to this character i don't think anybody else could have played this see and i just have two words for you nicholas cage can you imagine fucking crazy ass Nicolas Cage doing Michael Keaton's part in this movie? Not at this time, because at this time Nicolas Cage was shitty. No, but I'm saying like Nicolas Cage B movie star Nicolas Cage now doing this sort of he like washed of up similar, actor. He did kind of a similar movie though. He did he did Weatherman. Mm, that was a few years earlier. Yeah, that was that was. Um, in like 2008 or 6 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of a similar kind of no, I would say a similar plot, but it was it was kind of a washed up. You can Yeah, I could so I could totally see my Nicholas Cage doing this. Yeah, fine. Or fine. Or two other fine. words for you. Fat Val Kilmer. Oh, that's three words. Fuck. <laughs> Val Kilmer could have done this part. I think Val Kilmer could have been awesome in this role. But I think Val Kilmer's awesome in almost any role he does, but <clears throat> that's why I like Wonderland so much and I'm pissed that stupid What's his name is remaking it. Um, oh, they're remaking Wonderland. Yeah, um, the guy that played in Boogie Nights. 
Oh, Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's doing Wonderland. Really? Because he wants to be every cinematic character that has a giant dick? <laughs> well, no. He's trying I, He's trying to be the real version of what Boogie Nights was. Sure. Johnny Wad. That's what Boogie yeah. Nights is based on. Based on. Um, so, yeah. not A different actor. Yeah, there are actors that totally could have stepped into that role. And, I'm just saying and that powerful. Michael Keaton was... I think he nailed it. Yes. No, I'm but, saying that I think they, I think they did winks to actual Michael Keaton. So you're going to give him every half a point. Half I'm going to give him a yeah. I don't think anybody could have done that because the yeah. Okay. Half a finger for that. Do you think this is an example of Michael Keaton's best work? I mean, he did do Mr. Mom. He also did a multiplicity. Lot of other, dude, first of all, Mr. Mom is awesome. <laughs> oh, these are great movies. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, Michael Keaton did awesome movies. Michael Keaton's great. I think he's better in, like, Spotlight. Well, okay, if you want to say that this is what made us... If this is what brought us to Michael Keaton again, then... Uh, yes, but... That, that's where I'm inclined to give him give him point for this, because, yeah, like, there was no... Nobody really, like, noticed Michael Keaton, and then he does this Birdman movie, and everybody's like, oh, shit, Michael Keaton's back. You know? But you got to remember that Michael Keaton was not only Batman, not only Batman, he was a force in the 80s. I mean, he, he was. was in everything. He was like the good Steve B- Gutenberg. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was mean? like so. I mean, OK, not only that, dude, he was Beetlejuice. He was. Oh, he's so good as Beetlejuice. He was Beetlejuice. OK, right. people forget that. Yeah. I mean, see, I would say Beetlejuice, some of his best work. Beetlejuice has got to be his. Uh, yeah, I mean. He was first of all Batman. Mm-hmm. He is I. I know he everyone's gonna hate me. Yeah. I think he's the best Beetle, best Batman. He's definitely the best Beetlejuice. <laughs> he's definitely the best Beetlejuice. I think he's the best Batman. Uh, all around, really solid as Batman. I think Christian Bale gives him a little bit of a run, but um, but I think he's yeah. the best Batman who does both characters mm-hmm. equally good. That's what I'm saying. I think Christian Bale gives him a bit of a run. Um, there is some, but Christian Bale's voice. Yeah, I was about to say like there's some like. Choices that they made in post that make Christian Bale's Batman some kind of like there's some laughable moments like when he talks like Batman after everybody leaves. He's like, oh, that's what that feels like. Like, yeah, you, you probably would just be like, oh, well, that's what that feels like. Yeah. <laughs> Without your sort of voice modulation. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, this is what made us notice Michael Keaton again. So yeah, that's for, what, that's for me, that's like, yes, that's, yes, yes, that's yes. a marker of like good work. Yeah, okay, give him a point. Give him a finger. Okay, finger for that. Uh, was he believable as this sort of washed up I think he was. I think he was star. very believable. Yeah. I, I would also uh, agree that he was believable. Um, were you invested in his character throughout? I was. The whole time I was invested in this guy, especially, I mean, towards the end, I'm I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So, yeah. I was patchy with this movie. I kept going in and out because I was so bemused by the spectacle of the one shot and, like, trying to see the seams. Well, because and, like, you're, you can't I know, I'm take a, it away I'm a film nerd. you're a movie dork. I know, I'm a, I'm a little cinephile. Like, the those things. Cinephile, I like that. Yeah, that's the like somebody who's really into movies. I think of myself as an audiophile, but okay. Sure. Yeah. Same. Same thing. Somebody's yeah. really into music. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so th- I was pulled out of this movie because I was more interested in like, oh, how'd they do that? Oh, like what are they doing here? You know, like, uh, so I was enjoying the movie for very different reasons, and I was not really caring about the, you know, the characters and stuff. So I wasn't well, then, fully invested. Half point. Yeah. Okay. 
So tiling up Michael Keaton's score, he gets one, two, three, four. That's a solid score. Not as good enough as Michael Keaton should deserve. It's Cumberbatchian. Cumberbatchian? Mm-hmm. You should get better than Cumberbatch. <laughs> I'm a little um, pissed off about that. All right, so we're moving on. Those are our actual nominees. And um, we'll see how our alternates do, but at this point, no envelope is being switched. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> still, Eddie Redmayne still wins? At this point, yes. So the Academy you know, we've given... we never had an episode where we didn't switch the this, envelope. That's true, that's true. Although so the race... To have one. To be honest, this race, very tight. Um, but Reddy, Eddie Redmayne at this point is a half point above... And okay, would let's do the just edge out. So, like, year. we have we have some alternates here, um, some really powerful performances from both uh, David Oyelowo uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal. And so, let's uh, let's see what science dictates for them. Okay, let's go, Selma. Uh, yeah. So, Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay, MLK, MLK Jr. Uh, yeah, David David Oyelowo is so fucking good in this movie. I. It is a travesty that he was not nominated. Like honestly, swap him for Bradley Cooper any day in this uh, in this category. He was yes. so good it, uh, as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know what I'm saying? Um, yes. In in a really powerful performance in a powerful movie um, that made you have all the feels. You know, um, it felt important. There was some criticism uh, of this movie that it felt a little too, like, documentary feeling. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, this movie, the one criticism I have is that it's very, um, I, I think that it does have a little bit of a, of a... It's a little dry emotionally? A little bit dry. Yeah. I would say that that helps sell the sort of, like, real stakes of the movie, but, um, y- you know, uh, I, I can understand where people are kind of coming from in that, but I, I was still very moved by this movie. Uh, and his performance. Uh, is this an Oscar-worthy performance? I say yes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Should have been nominated. Uh, could this role have been played by a different actor? I think it could have been played Ooh. by a different actor. I actually... I don't know throughout, an, throughout but I, it's a kind of the the character actor thing. I think there's some... I think this is an act... This is a movie that... They're... If you have somebody else who is a good character actor who can study and who is a accomplished actor, I think they can play this part. Yeah. This is one of the most iconic uh, civil rights leaders ever. I think what's important about his casting in particular is that not a lot of people are familiar with his work. So he comes in and is just MLK. That's true. You know what I mean? That's so true. like if you swap him out for like say just for example like Jamie Foxx, somebody of Jamie Foxx caliber. Yeah, but Jamie Foxx f- completely went into the role of of Ray. Ray yeah, but he was then, he was still kind of Jamie Foxx, you know, like No, I don't think th- I think Jamie Foxx actually molded himself into uh Ray Charles. I mean, I he lost himself in that role and well, I don't helped, think I don't I don't see Jamie Foxx when I watch that movie. It helped that he was wearing sunglasses and you know like was like able to i don't know that but, there's a okay ml or um, there's Martin an exaggeration king. to ray charles as a person like he's got really strong no, facial gestures martin luther king has the same type of thing martin luther king has one of the most distinguishable cadences in his voice of any person you once you hear that cadence in his voice you can mm-hmm. hear it on in a speech you can hear it right. when he's talking like in a in a video mm-hmm. anywhere you can hear that cadence anybody can do that voice who is an accomplished actor. And I think 
I think that I don't know. I, 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 I here's the thing. Like, there probably would have been another actor that would have been great. Um, the I'm fact not saying that the, that no, no, no. The fact that I don't that I don't know who who it would have been. I I don't buy a known like a really known actor in this role without me seeing that that known actor doing their Martin Luther King. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that I didn't know who the fuck this guy was, and then he is just. Fine. Jamie Foxx could have done this. All right. Half a point. Um, Is it uh, an example of best work? Considering I don't know any of his other work and this was phenomenal, I would say yes. Best work. Great. Um, Was he believable as... uh, Yes, he was. The Doctor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I can't praise his... But see, when I was watching this movie... Okay, when I was watching this movie, the one thing that kept on taking me out of it is the same thing that took me out of um there's all anytime i watch it because maybe it's because i i'm really into history but every time i watch a like a biopic or anything like this if the characters don't look enough like them or they don't sound (laughs) enough like them it really takes me out of it and i kind of felt like that a little bit about selma really i did honestly huh that i had a little bit about that was a little bit the way it felt when i was watching selma that didn't bug me so much. I, f- I felt like I was watching a movie rather than watching. Where I couldn't really immerse myself in the, like I knew I was watching an actor. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I like I don't know when I watched this movie, I felt like it was happening. You know what I mean? Like this it was one of those rare rare moments where when I was watching this movie, I felt like oh shit, this is current event. This is fucking happening right now. Like like with it um, felt so like a real like I was almost watching like um. Like a like an actual documentary, but it had but, story and okay. Hearts, so for me, know, when I see a documentary or a movie that a movie that's about an event, I like seeing a movie about an event that I don't know anything about. Right. Selma, I know the whole event even before. Sure, it happened. yeah. I, I, like I came it, in with prior knowledge too, but yeah, like with with the uh, with okay with the movie Mississippi Burning. Uh huh. That one, I didn't know who the real people were, so when they had actors playing them, it, they didn't need to make them look. They didn't need to make the sure, actors. Yeah. They didn't need to get actors that looked a lot yeah, like James, characters. James Woods does not look a lot like that racist guy that he portrays. Yeah. With David Oyelo. O Oyelo? Oyelo? I don't, I don't know. Oyelo? <laughs> With David Oyelo, I uh I could it Martin Luther King is just so iconic that mm. it was and I know the I know everything. Not know everything, but I know a lot about this this time in history that it just Sure. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, I was still immersed in this in this movie, you know. But I, I can totally see where, where you're coming, and that that was sort of like I said, the general sort of criticism of of the movie in general was that like it felt, um, a little like a documentary, and um, something that's been sort of heavily covered. I'm, but the, there's there's not just the Selma stuff that it, that's in this movie. It's the sort of him lobbying LBJ. And you know, trying to get the sort of voter rights act passed and all this kind of shit, um, that you know is also connected to why they marched on you know in Selma. Um, that one felt very poignant to our times now, when all of the sort of voter rights stuff is being turned back over and we're going back in time to this kind of thing. So like, this movie's you know coming out at the, at that time was very poignant. Um, in in that regard, and that was I think another reason why um, I felt very connected to this as a viewer, um, because it felt important as as a piece of cinema. 
Okay, so um, where are we at right now? Uh, we're invested in his journey. We're invested in them crossing that bridge and getting civil rights. Well, of course, working. I was invested in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, but I was invested in it as a in him as, as, as an actor, yeah. as him and as, a, as an actor. I was, I was, you know, I was, I was invested in it in the movie. Um, I thought there could have been. Um, I didn't know if he was the character that should have played it, but um, yeah, it was. It was. I was invested in the character. Okay, so a point there. Tallying up him, one, two, three, four and a half. Okay, moving on to Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. All right, is the role Oscar worthy? Uh, I say absolutely. It was it was Oscar worthy. He he it just dissolves into this character. He is no longer uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. He is whatever the the character's name is in this movie. Okay, you know would it be the same with a different character? What, did did you actor? so you said no? I said no, because okay. I, I forgot about the movie. Uh, would it be the same with, uh, could another actor have stepped into this role? I'm going to say that no other actor could have played this role. I will agree with you. <laughs> because Jake Gyllenhaal was so great in, in that role. Although, you know, there are plenty of creepy dudes out there, I'm sure. Is an example of his best work. I'm going to say no, and no. I'm going to say no mostly because you, yourself... Absolutely love other work of Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I do. I, I I think this is of the the caliber of some of his best work. Um, but there is a lot of other good Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Yeah. So you're you're willing to take the Pepsi challenge between this movie mm-hmm. and Brokeback Mountain? Yes, uh, better in Nightcrawler than, than all right. I love. I want in, everybody in listening to this to go back and listen to our second, third episode where One we went them, over yeah. Brokeback Mountain. Look, Corey. I mean, there's like there's like 30 minutes you did on Brokeback. I Mountain. I love everything that he did in Brokeback Mountain. Everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a really really good movie. The performance, his his chemistry with uh, Heath Ledger, the sort of like the the journey that they have to take together, the struggle, like all of that. I. Hook, line, and sinker on on that. I think that he evolved even more. What about Jarhead? Even, I I didn't really like Jarhead. Really? I mean, it, it was, was boring. Boring, yeah. But it was intentionally boring. Yeah. Uh, okay, then why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to that, I give you uh, like a middle finger. Like, why did you waste my time then? Like, well, why did the country waste our time? Yeah, go fuck yourself. That's like, what the movie yeah, was. Go point. Fuck yourself. That's the point of it. Yeah. Um. We all felt that way. You don't need to beat us over the head about it. Um. Yeah. I this. Jake Gyllenhaal, it's he, I'm gonna, he continues okay. to top himself. I do. Th- I appreciate in I, that's wonderful ways. I think he's a great actor, so I'm going to say it's not an example of his best work. All right, all right. <clears throat> I disagree. I love me some Jake Gyllenhaal movies, but I feel like he doesn't do a lot of blockbuster movies that really that often. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No. Doesn't he? Does like kind of indie films or movies that like he did a bunch of blockbuster movies when he was a little younger and now he does like just better dramas yeah um go go check out some of his some of his recent movies if you have listeners that is not not jeff i know you've seen <laughs> the movies <laughs> um if you haven't caught some of jake gyllenhaal's uh recent um movie roles uh, go check him out. He's really good, like in Prisoners and even Nightcrawler and and beyond. Like he's putting in some really good work. Uh, was he believable as uh, this dude? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He, definitely. Like, like I said, he dissolves into this role. I no longer see Jake Gyllenhaal. You, you know, we talk about Brokeback Mountain, which is one of my 
which is a movie that I absolutely you know loved. Um, but I still see Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie. You know, in this movie, it's no longer Jake Gyllenhaal. You, you know, uh, so absolutely he was believable. Uh, are you invested in his character in this movie? Um. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I kind of makes your skin crawl, but I don't want to be invested in his journey, but I am. You know, it's, it's one of those those kind of characters. He's he's this weird. It, like he's not really. I mean, he is a protagonist because like the story is about him and like him like finding his way. But you're not really rooting for him the way that you do a traditional protagonist, um, because he's kind of weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You're more interested in sort of the dumpster fire that is this dude's like walk through life, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, invested nonetheless. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's worth the watch. You know. All right. So tallying up Jake Gyllenhaal's points here, one, two, he gets a solid four. He's Keaton level Cumberbatch. All right. So that concludes our list of alternates and nominees. Let's go ahead and run you through. Uh, the scores to see if we have in fact switched the envelope Uh, coming in last (laughs) last place who's coming in last let's hear it we have we have seven so coming in at seventh i think we're gonna be sad about who if we're gonna switch uh, the envelope today is bradley cooper with two points or two fingers excuse me oh my bradley yeah next uh just kidding at sixth is uh, steve carell with three and a half points then we have a tie at fifth, three-way tie at fifth uh, between ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I almost called him Benjamin Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch, Michael Keaton, and Jake Gyllenhaal with four points apiece. And we have a tie for the number one slot. I think that's his, uh, I think that's his birth name. Benjamin? No, Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch? I doubt that's a screen name. <laughs> no, I said, do you think that's his birth name? I d- that's what I'm saying. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah? I, I doubt that that's the one he picked oh. to be like the flashy actor name. Uh, okay. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> we have a tie for first place here between uh, David Oyelowo and Eddie Redmayne at four and a half points apiece. You know what that means, Jeff? Oh, yay! We get to do Rock, Paper, Scissors. Rock, Paper, Scissors, Oscar. Rock, Paper, Scissors, Oscar. To All right, try to determine go. who should... Uh, honestly, all, all due respect to these actors, probably the best way to decide an Oscar for them. <laughs> okay. I'll be Eddie Redmayne. You be... David Ayello. David Ayello. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I've got to stretch. Got to get ready for this. Okay, I'm going to do my Pilates real fast. <sighs> All right. Okay, here we go. Ready? Rock, Paper, Scissors, Oscar. Ooh, I said Oscar. I meant rock. I'm holding rock. Yeah, I'm holding scissors. So I went that. Um, I fucked that up, though. <laughs> yeah, let's said, do it again. Let's do it again. I, I said Oscar. Rock, paper, scissors, rock. Oscar. No, you got to say what. what oh. You, so you did it but now. See, but I, and yeah, I win. Now I'm you are rock. I'm and rock. I was scissors. Okay, two out of three. We, we fucked this up. Okay, so <clears throat> don't say Oscar. Say what you're throwing. Okay. Rock, rock paper, scissors, scissors rock. go. Oh, two papers. I said paper. You, you, you said rock, but you threw paper. We're yeah. fucking this up. See, no, I think I'm we doing need this. to do I'm this doing again. This. I'm doing this as a, as a trick. Sure. It's a trick. Okay, ready? We both sh- we both shot paper. No points. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors rock. Paper. Ooh, yeah! paper covers rock. Woo-hoo! One point for Eddie Redmayne. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, paper. Scissors, shit. Oh. 
You said that after I, I said it late, but I threw it at the same time. You're my witness. Okay. Now it's a tie. This next one will we'll next say. one this is like we'll, bottom we'll of the ninth. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. Ready? Are you nervous? This is so <laughs> nerve wracking. Are you ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors rock. Paper. Oh, oh damn it! Eddie Redmayne takes damn the it. Oscar. I should have just said rock paper scissors Oscar. You should have, but uh, yeah. I won this one. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne holds on to his Oscar. Oh man, that means we don't switch the envelope. Today. We don't switch. This is the first time we've ever not switched an envelope. Well, you we know, Eddie Redmayne was very good. He was ve- he was very good. Uh, so Eddie, you deserved your Oscar, but David Oyelowo also deserved to be nominated. And I think that is a really key takeaway from from this episode: is uh, the Oscar did fuck up by not nominating one of the best actors of that year. Um, and to be quite honest, uh, could have replaced both Steve Carell and Bradley Cooper on this list with our two of our alternates because they both scored higher uh, on our metric than uh, either of those people. So absolutely, you know, I think we did good work, but uh, no envelope is switched uh, this particular episode. But um, you know, uh, it's science, and we can't argue. It's science, we can't we can't argue. So everybody, uh, tip your drivers. Go to Starbucks, get a drink, and because uh, they pay us, and um, enjoy the rest of your evening. Uh, if you uh, if you think we fucked up, or, or if you want to heap praise on us, you can do so by uh, tweeting at us at Switch the Envelope on Twitter, or uh, you know drop us a line on the Instagrams uh, at Switch the Envelope. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram because I'm the one that does the Instagram. Yeah, and I do the Twitter, so yell at me. Uh, <laughs> You also subscribe to us, like us um, wherever you can, uh, listen, share us with all of your friends, and leave us a review. That'll really help uh, wherever you can leave, leave reviews. And um, yeah, you know, always you can visit switchtheenvelope.com. There's some other fun stuff to, to go uh, look at on Switch the Envelope. Our metric is listed there. We've got some movies that we've rated there, and you can see or you can listen to every past episode. Um, and then there's a fun cartoon that's yep. on there as well. Yep, the cartoon is super fun. <clears throat> All right. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, there's only one thing left to do. There is only do. one thing left to do. We're going to dedicate this episode to the one and only star of the movie Draft Day. He played character Coach Moore. We're going to dedicate this episode to the one, the only, the mustache, Sam Elliott. It's, uh, you know, Draft Day, one of the, the few uh, Kevin Costner sports movies that's not about baseball. Uh, yeah, but it's got a ball in it. It does have a ball. Which all sports movies have. Yeah, too much. Unless they're about, unless slap shot. Or Miracle. Yeah. Or, uh... Boom. Boom. Yeah. My other favorite hockey movie. It's I actually like Goon. Goon 2 is terrible. Not good. And Alicia Cuthbert, kind of chubby. Shit. <laughs> throwing shade. I'm throwing shade. You know why? Because she's married to a hockey player. Is is married to a hockey you player? You call Kenneth Cameron a starlet? Yeah, she's a Lady, I'm leaving all lady, this shit in. Lady Star. I'm leaving all this shit in. This has been a riff laugh production. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a riff laugh. This has been a riff laugh production. <laughs>